Hello and welcome to episode 101, Dalmatians are ready to mosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gem G and with me as always, the spook to my mercy, Mr Kev P. Oh, I don't get that. You know, it's a very niche one, but it's fitting for the episode. Oh, right, okay. The Ballad of Spook of Mercy. We'll both be vampires. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. So today's episode is almost a normal one, I guess. Most of the way there. Kind of old school. To start with, we're going to have a big old news catch up on festival lineups because there's been loads announced over the last month, month and a half probably. But we've just not had time to fit it into an episode. So we're going to look over some lineups and share our thoughts on those. And then the second half will be all about Creeper, a review of the live show from Rock City last night, as we speak, and probably a little mini review on the album as well, I think. Okay. Your best place to do, well, you'll have to do the review anyway. Well, obviously, because I was the one who was you there. Were the, you went, and the album you're probably better to talk about than me. Well, yeah, that was the plan. You have given it a listen. I have given it a listen. And it's not an in-depth review anyway. It's just a... Because it's been out a while anyway, so... But we'll get on to that later. All right. So, we've got about six or seven festival lineups to look at to start with. Mm. Obviously, we mentioned the big one, as it were. Download. We've got a whole episode about that. We have. That was episode 100. Yeah. So, go listen to that for our full thoughts on the reaction... Full thoughts on the reaction. Full thoughts on the announcement, literally after it came out. Yeah, and it's. I think it's all right. Yeah. Had a little bit of time to sink in there. It's kind of grown on me. I know it's not been everyone's cup of tea, and there's been a lot of comments on that. We did a little poll on Instagram, and that was kind of mixed. Yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of people who've been going like us for many years that don't go anymore mm. after this one. And probably end up selling the tickets because the the bands that they probably want to see really aren't there, as a headliner at least. And I have seen quite a few RIP tickets being put up for sale. Mm. Obviously, with them, you have to be in there quick anyway. So if if the lineup's really not doing it for you, then, you know, it is a lot to pay out, regardless of the whole experience, you know, if... If it's not for you, then that's fair enough, I think. I'm sure everybody knows, but headliners, Queens of the Stone Age, Fallout Boy, Avenged Sevenfold, and looking at the posts of... The sub-headliners, uh, not sub-headliners, the second stage headliners are most likely going to be Royal Blood, Offspring and Machine Head, which I've seen, as we said on the podcast episode on Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Yeah. It was, it's an okay poster. I was surprised they announced so many bands in one go. I think that's the only thing that threw me. And I think the lineup's all right. There's a few bands on there I really want to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get our money's worth and discover lots of new bands as we go through i haven't actually had a chance to listen to anybody new yet from it but that will be the intention over yeah. the next few months i guess and that's all part of the fun process finding out the bands that you don't know yeah it is there could be bands in there that you will love forever that you just don't know yet moving on then so bloodstock announced a new batch of bands on halloween going on to the lineup now are Whitechapel, who had to pull out last year so it's good to see them coming back hopefully for next year did I say last year? This year. You still can't get your years right, can you? I can't, no. I think for me, it's almost like an academic year. When <laughs> okay. When the festival season ends, you're into a new year. Is that it? Yeah. My brain goes like that from work. Not that I want to mention work, but you know, that's. I think that's how my brain works. Anywho, yeah, Whitechapel, back next year. Grand Magus. Mm-hmm. Day Aside. That'll be amazing. I was just going to say the exact words. Yeah. There. Desert Storm. 
The Vintage Caravan, who I gave a little listen to, I think, last week, and they sound different, but quite cool. Okay, I love different how, how? They were quite quirky from what I remember. I love how Bloodstock have these kind of random off-piece kind of bands. They do, yeah, they do throw a curveball in there. Yeah, I think it's, is it like Icelandic folk metal or something, I yeah. think? Definitely check them out, something different. There's Exist Immortal, Eternal Champion, Mimi Box, and Grove Street. Mimi Box is doing the rounds. Wasn't Mimi Box at download last year? This year. Oh, fuck off, now? I'm doing it now. I've got your <laughs> diseased brain. What's going on? <laughs> Full of compliments, aren't we? Yes, Mimi Box was at download this year. Yeah. Not my cup of tea, but it'll, again, it's a, something different thrown to the lineup, isn't it? It is, yeah. Dome Dead have actually done a couple of announcements. So they did one with the majority of the Saturday lineup. And then a few weeks later did the Friday night. So we'll just have a quick look at that one first. So headlining the Friday night party are the Choir Boys. I didn't even realise they were still around. Yeah, I've seen them popping up on a few. Like, I don't know if they've done a tour or something, but I've yeah. seen, I knew they were kind of still around somewhere. And also Scarlet Rebels are going to be there. I think they might be the first band on. And then there's a support to be announced. Yeah. Which from looking at the post looks like that's going to be the middle. And that's going to be hosted by Paul Anthony of Planet Rock. Okay. Uh, Scarlet Rebels, have we seen them? No. Or is it Scarlet Riot I'm thinking of? You're thinking of Scarlet, Scarlet Riot. Riot. Okay. Yeah. No, I've not seen Scarlet Rebels. But again, it's a band that I've seen kind of popping up at various places, but just not really listened to yet. Okay. And then on the Saturday, it's going to be hosted by Crusher. And there is Tail Gunner. So it's good to see them getting a chance on a really yeah, big stage. really good to see them getting up there. Uh, the Bites. Bonafide, there's Eclipse, there's Doro, our favourites, Ugly Kid Joe. That's exciting. That is really exciting, yeah. And KK's Priest. Yeah. And they've still got a headliner to announce. I know, I keep forgetting. I keep looking at the poster and thinking KK's Priest are headlining. Yeah, I think that's a really strong lineup. The fact that they're getting somebody bigger than KK's Priest to headline. I know. That is pretty impressive. And I think last time I saw a post on it, there was only about 400 tickets left. Yeah, so I'm not surprised. Like I can say, you can see why they're going quickly. Yeah. Obviously, there'll be the poll winner as well. The polls are open. I think they're on about heat two or three now, running over the next few weeks. Yeah, still. I've been voting so, in that. Yeah, same. So there's some bands we know in there and some that we don't know. But yeah, it'll be exciting to see who gets that position as well, because it's been good the last few years. Then moving on to Uprising 7 next year. They have got Mage, Tribe of Ghosts, who we've not been able to see but really want to. Yeah, they're one of those elusive bands that things come up when they're playing at festivals and we miss them. Yeah, the, the timing's just never worked, has it? No, so we'll make sure we see them next year. Battalions, Sugar Horse. Who were at Mangata this year. Yeah, we did see and were excellent. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Forlorn, Lestelle, Borstal, Seething Akira who will be fucking incredible Yeah, because they were amazing at Bloodstock. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them on a smaller stage. Cellar Darling, which is a UK exclusive. Discharge. You can't remember, we, can't, we don't know if we've seen Discharge or not. No, I don't know if I had done kind of back in the day. I feel like I might mm. have done, but I don't know. One I'm really excited for is Breed 77. I can't believe they're, well, have they come back? Did they ever go away? I don't know. I'm sure they they've exist. done the rounds of festivals over the like, years. I mean, it was 2004, wasn't it? When I it remember was. them at Download. That's when I remember them being there, yeah. And I didn't even get to see them that year because I was stuck in the queue getting in. Ooh, they were really good. 
I know you've told me on very <laughs> various occasions, but for some reason there was a huge queue on the Sunday and missed them. There's also Brigeria, and they've announced the headliner now, and it's Catatonia. And I was very excited when I read that, wasn't I? You you were very excited. I did a big loud squeal. Yeah, you did, because I thought you'd I don't know, drop something on your foot. <laughs> That's Catatonia with a K, by the way. Yeah, it's not, it's not the Welsh Britpop band. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would, yeah. I've actually seen the other Catatonia. I'm not surprised. No. Again, back in the day. Yeah, that is looking a really, really good lineup. Yeah, I thought Paradise Lost were a good kind of pull this year as a headliner for that festival, yeah. but having Catatonia there next year is one of those bands that I've kind of forgot about. As such, don't I mean? Mm. As in, I've not listened to them for ages and kind of never thought. I know they were at um, Damnation this year, actually, which kind of put them back in my kind of brain, I guess. Yeah, really, really excited for that. Again, it's another one where through the bill, they've got some really strong bands announced already. And for all of that, by the way, it's only £35. That is an absolute bargain when you consider the price of festival tickets. You'd pay that for Catatonia on their own. Yeah. Probably, if they came to, I don't know, Rock City or a similar sized venue. Yeah, you probably would. You know, and you're getting Bree 77, you're getting Seething Akira, you're getting Celadol in Tribe of Ghosts. You know, it, the list is incredible. So that's really, really good. Next up is one a little bit different, though I don't think we ever spoke about on the podcast. No, I don't think we have. But it is Bearded Theory, which takes place at Catton Hall, the home of Bloodstock. And as always, this is a very eclectic lineup. So we just thought we'd mention a few standout bands that are more to our cup of tea or that we've heard of on this one. But one of the headliners is Jane's Addiction. And then they've also got Amil and the Sniffers, Future Islands and Sleaford Mods. And then other ones to stand out on there, I think, are Dinosaur Junior, which you yeah. are excited about. I love Dinosaur Junior, yeah. New Model Army. I love I love New Model Army. Wargasm, we assume it's UK. <laughs> Ferocious Dog and Punk Rock Factory. The thing is with this one, this, there is other stuff there that I'd watch as well. So I, although I'm not a huge fan, I would watch, you know, like Orbital. Yeah. Probably Bob Villain. Utah Saints. Utah Saints, yeah. The Orb, Ronnie Size, 808 State. And also Green Lunger there. So yeah. are they doing a residency at Catton Hall? Because they're at Bloodstock as well. A Sponger there as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that one. It's very mixed in what they do and it also says ed tudor pole which i'm sure is the guy that used to do crystal maze after richard after richard o'brien yeah and there's loads more to be added to that it's just such a, a mixed up little festival it is and beans on toast is there yeah i mean unfortunately it's the same weekend as uprising so, so yeah so unfortunately that one's not going to happen for us but but yeah and just thinking how the layout is and that for bloodstock obviously it's one where you can just kind of roam around between Easy stages really stages, easily yeah. and i think it would be a really good one to go to maybe one day yeah if again it's one of those where if the dates work right yeah. for us then we'd do it that's the thing about it i guess isn't it but, yeah but yeah for something a bit different that's definitely worth checking out right on to the next one which is 2000 trees which i think is slightly well not just slightly but very underwhelming compared to what they had last year this year this year stop it this year yes yeah there's only a very small number of bands on there at the moment that I would really be bothered about seeing. Mm, I'm very much with you on that. So you've got Gaslight Anthem headlining. Who I would love to see. And on a related note, they are doing, I don't know if they're doing a full tour, but I know they're doing a warm-up show at Rock City the night before 2000 Trees. But the tickets are £50. I'm not For paying. a warm-up show? Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. For the Gaslight Anthem at Rock City. Fuck that. I've always wanted to see them. I've only ever seen Brian Vallon's solo tour mm. or solo show. But I'm not paying £50 for Rock City. That's a lot for Rock City. As much as I love the Gaslight Anthem, I'd rather pay like triple that and go to Trees and see a few more bands. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, because, yeah, I was dead excited when I saw it announced and I looked how much it was. <laughs> no. Yeah, but so as well as Gaslight Anthem, there is Manchester Orchestra, Kids in Glass Houses, Hot Mulligan, Boston Manor, who I'd watch, I think. I'd watch Boston Manor, yeah. Cleopatric. Wa- Sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say I'd watch Manchester Orchestra probably. Yeah, maybe. I think I would. Better Lovers, The Excerpts, and then a lot more bands after that. But yeah, it doesn't seem quite inspiring for me. No, I've just spotted that the Nightmares are on there, actually, who I saw last night. So I would definitely watch them again, but I'll talk about them more later. Yeah. But I'm sure there's loads more to add on to it yet, though. Yeah, I would have thought so, but they're going to have to add some decent bands on because that doesn't look appealing. No. And then I think the last one that we're going to talk about, also the same weekend as Uprising and Beard Theory, is Slam Dunk, which, similar to 2000 Trees, to be honest, in my humble opinion, is not really that appealing. It's an absolute fucking disgrace. I mean, it's whatever floats your boat, I know, but, I mean, looking at it, it's not. I mean, Slam Dunk's always been obviously more on the kind of punky, pop punky side of things. But there's like, even this year, there was quite a few bands that I would have wanted to see. On the lineup so far, they've got Yumi at Six, All American Rejects, Boys Like Girls, We The Kings, and Head Automica. So I wouldn't really be overly fussed about any of those. A slightly heavier stage, headlined by I Prevail, which I would watch. And then there's Funeral for a Friend asking Alexandria and set it off on there. Then there's Waterparks, Palais Royale, Pale Waves, Bob Villain, Rory and RTO. Again, none of those I'd be massively fussed about. Really. I'd, I'd watch Pale Waves. Yeah, I'd probably watch them. I'd say I'd watch Rory, but they're a download anyway. Yeah. And similarly with Bob Villain, I'd probably watch him. And then you've got more of a kind of classic punky sound, I guess. The Interrupters, Goldfinger, Pennywise, Bouncing Souls, The Selector, The Skins and Mad Caddies. That, watch... look, that looks about the best stage, I was going to gonna say, that or the one with I Prevail on. Yeah. I'd definitely watch Goldfinger and Pennywise, probably The Interrupters as well. And the last one's not too bad. They've got a couple of bands that stand out in the Wonder Years and Mom Jeans. Mm. I know you're not a massive fan of Mom Jeans, no. are you? The thing that does me about this is the price. Yeah, it's gone up, considering the issues that there were this year. Yeah, but it's, has it gone up? Was it about 85 last year? I don't know. Off the top I of think my it was heads. something, it was always cheaper than download. Yeah. And now it's gone to like 110, going up to 120. Which is the same as a download day ticket or more? It's more. Is it more? Well, we've not seen the day. The, the, the prices for, for next year, yeah. yeah. But for this year, it's more than they were this year. Yeah. You just look at that and go, that's it. You look at the bands that download have got, and you go, well, it's a clear winner. If you were gonna, if you'd got that amount of money to go to one, I think, yeah, you'd, you'd go for you'd download, probably pick download. You? More bands, yeah, better and and stronger bands as well. I think, and they don't have, and they don't have the issues that fucking Slam Dunk had this year. Well, that is, well, I don't know, traffic on day one. Well, yeah, I suppose traffic on yeah. Thursday was unfortunate, yeah. but that that was always going to happen. Well, Wednesday and Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. But- but yeah, I mean, looking at this, we've been quite underwhelmed by this one and the trees one. And to a point, in some respects, the download one, I think maybe it just says something about the state of the UK festival scene. It it does a little bit. 
I mean, there are. We're not going to go into it, but we we've got our own beliefs on what the reasons are. And yeah, some of the some of the lineups have not been that impressive. I've I've definitely been more impressed with the smaller festivals. I was just going to say, I mean, getting up, better bands, uprising for what? Yeah, for me. Yeah, uprising, stand up, smaller festivals, but getting really good bands. Yeah, and cheaper tickets. And cheaper tickets, yeah, a lot cheaper tickets. And less walking. <laughs> Fucking dabs have less walking. Less yeah. walking. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just keep an eye out on the future announcements for all of those, I guess. Mm. So as we said at the start, then we're on to the creeper section of the episode, starting with a little mini review of Sanguivore, the third studio album from Creeper, which has been out since the 13th of October, so we're not going to do the usual track-by-track review of it, just some initial thoughts or whatever's on it. So you listened to it once yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, 37 minutes of my life that I wish had ended sooner. Wow. I feel like (laughs) we're going down a Vilvelo tangent on this one. It's not as bad as the Vilvelo one. That was absolute horseshit. Probably a good job we've not gone into depth on it, so... I will say, I mean, I'm I don't like Creeper, but there are maybe a couple of tracks I think are okay on this. Couldn't tell you what they were off the top of my head. One of them actually is one you played me the video to the weekend. Cry to Heaven, which is very Sisters of Mercy esque. Yeah, for me, the whole album is kind of like Sisters of Mercy meets Meatloaf meets Billy Idol and Nick Cave. Yeah, yeah, I think all those influences are in there. Definitely agree with that. For me personally, it's my favourite Creeper album to date. I'll say something. You do like you do like Creeper. Yeah, but I just think this is the best album that they've done. Like with all their albums, I love the fact it's a concept album. You know, I love a concept album. Yeah. So I love the whole story behind it and the whole vampire imagery and themes mm. that are going through it. The opener, further than forever, is obviously if Creeper did Bat Out of Hell. That would oh, be it. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I love it. Oh, you, you know I don't like a long song, but that is nine minutes that I can just keep listening to. On a related note, this is the first album I've had on repeat as much since probably Impera. Really? Yeah, I think I've listened to it every day since it's been out. Wow. Obviously it helped that I was going to see them, so I was learning the words. But... Well, yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it, I mean, it doesn't do it for me. There's maybe like a couple of tracks that sound okay, but... Yeah, it, it's another one where if you're not into them, you're just not going to like it. Yeah, they pro- probably are quite marmite in that respect. And again, it's very theatrical, this one, isn't it, compared mm. to... I think they were kind of moving more to that direction. Obviously, they started off with more of a horror-punky sound, and then they've kind of developed. And I think um, American Noir was definitely more this kind of sound, and it's just kind of developed from there. And yeah, so like the majority of it, you can see those influences that you mentioned, more of a kind of goth rock vibe, yeah. synth rock, that kind of thing. There is one, I think, is it Chapel Gaze? That's more of a, a faster, punkier one, like old school Creeper. But apart from that, it is kind of a more theatrical. And I overheard someone in the queue last night actually saying it was like if Meatloaf and Ghost had a baby. Meat Ghost. Meat Ghost, yeah. <laughs> I've not really got any kind of ghost vibes from it as such although i know will is a big ghost fan and interestingly it was produced by tom dalgetty who produced prequel for ghost which so album was that that was the one with dance macabre on not in pair the one before oh right okay so quite a big album and yeah so yeah anyway just that was a random fact to drop okay. in there but yeah i really love it so 
you don't. If, yeah, if you like creepy, go. you'll love it. If you don't, then avoid it. Yeah. If, think... if you like Meatloaf, Stroke, Billy Idol. Sisters of Mercy. Sisters of Mercy, it's okay. Give it a listen. On to the Creep Alive review then. So as it was only myself who attended, I believe you are just going to ask me some questions about it. I am. What would you like to know? Did you, well, you got there before uh, doors opened. I did, yes. What was the queue like? wasn't that big. It was back to the first corner, if you will. If yes, you know City, yeah, you know I, know what, I, mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, I drove right. I thought there was going to be a big queue and I kind of drove into the car park next to Rock City because I was on my Todd, so I parked there. And yeah, it was just kind of coming up to the corner. Um, yeah, so it was all right. It wasn't very big at all compared yeah. to many. I mean, probably the shortest queue I've seen for quite some time there. I thought actually because they had the haunt going on, so for people who don't know what the haunt is, they've done this at most of their live shows. I think it's five dates on this tour and they did it everywhere but Glasgow. So they've gone to like a local venue and they've had a little merch store with some old merch that they're selling off cheap. And they've had some tattoo artists go in and there's some pre-done Creeper Flash designs so you could go and get that done. Um, I think there's a few other bits and bobs going on as well yeah. so you can kind of gather there. So I thought well, maybe if a lot of people are going to that, which I think ended at five and they may go straight there to queue, but no. I was talking about the queues and stuff today, mm. and it's like the opening times at Rock City, like half six is an early open, it feels. I know it, so I know it finished at 10, but it just feels like, you know, if you've got to get home from work, you've got to get changed, you know, when do you eat? It's kind of like it's a, it screws things up a bit. All these grown-up things you have to think about. Yeah. Well, I think... We've been before because ten, it's a 10 o'clock finish, Wednesday through to Saturday, isn't it, at Rock yeah. City? And I'm sure we've been there for six o'clock doors before, which is Yeah, worse. we have, yeah. But I was going to go earlier, but I'd pre-bought my parking and the cheap rate starts at six o'clock, so I didn't want to get there too early because otherwise it would have cost me £20 instead of £8.50. So I was conscious of not getting there too early and I got there at like 10 past quarter past six. Rock City just, tip there. There you go, yeah, pre-bought your parking. So you got in, so I know, I kind of know some of the answers, but merch when you got there? Just before we get on to that, doors actually opened five minutes early, they opened at 25 past six. Okay. You know, when you, you stood in the queue and all of a sudden it starts moving, it's like, oh, we're going in. Yeah, it was 25 past six, so got in there early, but it seemed like most people in the queue had gone straight to the merch, because that was queuing up quite far back, so I thought, I don't want to get my merch now, because then I might not get a good spot. Did they put the merch downstairs? They did for Creeper. And then the two support bands had their merch in the main room. Okay, that's different. It, well, every time we go, the merch is somewhere different. Yeah, why did they not just open up beta? Well, I was I was hoping it would be in beta, because then I could have just got it on the way down the stairs on the way out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether there was something was in beta as well. I didn't know. Yeah, there could anything. be something. Yeah, there could Sometimes have been something, there is something there, but I don't know. But yeah, interesting. Both band, both support bands did say before they finished that we've got merch at the back of this room, but we've been told we've got to clear it out 10 minutes after Creeper come off stage. So if you want to get some, get some quick. Now, yeah. 
which I didn't do because I was on my own and I didn't want to lose my space and I wouldn't have minded getting a Nightmares t-shirt, but I couldn't because of the way I then got downstairs. I would have had to go all the way through the crowd to get their merch, then go back and then join the queue for the grief merch. Yeah. So, you know, it was a bit difficult, sadly. Um, although safe face that he'd think I did say, if you don't get a chance to get one, I will sell you one out the back of the van after. <laughs> so whether he did or not, I don't know. I will say, actually, just on the merch, one of the good things about Rock City, it's a venue that doesn't take a cut. No, that's true. So you got your spot on the balcony. I did eventually. I was a bit like, when I got in there, I was a bit like, you know when you see a dog and it doesn't know where to lie down and it keeps moving? So like the, the majority of the barrier was full, but there was space on the end. So I kind of went and stood at the front on the barrier. But then I was like, well, I can, I'm at the front, but I'm right in front of the speaker stacks, although I did have my loops with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, I'm, I'm not really going to see that well from here. And if it does get full behind me, I'm just going to be trapped and I might not like that. So I went up the stairs that come out into the main room, the corner stairs. Yeah. Went up there and was in the corner where I stood for Vilvelo. And then I tried standing on the top of the very bit of the stairs, but that felt a bit weird being kind of out in the open. So then I was like, hmm. I feel far away as well from the stage and I could see on our usual side that there was a couple of gaps, so I went over there. Okay. And just after all that, I just stayed put. So <laughs> I to squeeze in between two couples. It was a little me-sized gap that I managed to Just get just yourself claim. into. Yeah, so that was fine. And first band on? First band on were The Nightmares, and they were on five minutes early, so they were billed to be on at 6.45, and they actually came on at 6.40. But I was installed in place by then, so that was good. And there was quite a few people in the room by then as well, which was good to see. Did they seem to have much sport? Yeah, they had quite a bit, actually. So the room, the floor by the time they came on was probably about half full. Balcony was kind of full all around the front. And I think one thing that probably was was in their favour is that Will has guested on one of their singles. Okay. So there's kind of a connection between the Nightmares and Creeper already. And maybe already, a bit of an expectation that he might come out. Which he didn't do. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have expected him to on his own no. show. It has happened before, though, I'm sure. Is it? I think. It's, generally, it's usually the band, somebody from the earlier band will go comes on, on with, the main, yeah. with the main. But yeah, they came on at 6.40. Um, they did half an hour. I think they did about seven tracks. Yeah. How would you describe their sound? They are, in their words, noir pop. I always find it hard to say noir. Okay. Noir pop. So a bit kind of, they remind me a bit of Ladytron. All right. But okay. they've got um, a male and a female singer. Yeah. I do like Lady Trump. Yeah, so quite synthy, poppy, but quite dark undertones and quite dark, you know, aesthetic. They got, they're all black and red, all their images black and red, so not great for taking photos of. No, <laughs> fucking um, nightmare. It's the worst but, combination. Yeah, kind of all dressed in black with red lights on. They had a couple of like, fake candles at the back, so that was kind of cool. It was really nice ambiance and a really good opening night just to get you warmed up as well because it's quite light but dark if you know what i mean yeah a light sound but like a dark dark undertone dark undertones and lyrics and yeah i've been listening to them quite a bit anyway because we're following them on instagram and i think they're following us as well so, well, so. of course so yeah i was familiar with them anyway so i was quite excited when i still saw that they'd been added on to the tour Murder Season, my favourite track, that's the one that Will guests on. That's what they played last. Like you say, it wasn't going to come out of that. No, it's not... He was having his makeup done, I imagine, at that point in time Probably, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and they did actually announce as well that they are off on their first ever headline tour, I think, in March. So they've been doing quite a few support slots to quite a few big bands over the last guess, year or so, because the debut album came out in May. 
I've not spotted any actual dates for that yet, so need to keep an eye out for that. But I highly recommend going to give them a watch as well if you want to listen to just something a bit a lighter, bit a bit different. Yeah, they were very good and a perfect opener. Right then, on to band number two. Band number two were Save Face, who came all the way from New Jersey. That's a bit of a trek. I know. I assume they're doing more than just supporting Creeper on their dates. I have seen that they have got one more date added on supporting someone else after the Creeper dates, I think. Or was it before? I can't remember. But no, that they're primarily just over here for this. They did say they put a lot of time and money into coming over here to do this tour, but fair there play. You go. <laughs> yeah. And what do we know about Safe Face? I didn't know that much really previously. They were uh, the one I was least familiar with. I did listen to them a little bit last week, but didn't really engage a lot with it, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, they sounded good. I thought oh, it'll be all right to watch, but I wasn't that overly familiar with kind of their background or how long they've been around or anything like that. They were very energetic, definitely brought the, the heat in the room. They had a big crowd and there were a lot of fans in there for them, so they've obviously got a bit of a following. Okay, that's interesting. So, yeah, it must have been worthwhile for them to come and do it. So that's good. Yeah, um, so the band came on. They'd all got these kind of red overall jumpsuit slipknot style outfits if you will boiler suits boiler suits yeah they're the ones so they're all dressed in those matching and and interestingly they only played tracks from another kill for the highlight reel which is their second album and apparently it was its two-year anniversary so they played nine tracks pretty much in the order of the album they did say they were doing this um out of the 11 that are on there which i thought was an interesting move for a support band because normally a support band if they've got more than one album out for example one release they kind of mix it up and do a bit of a greatest hits and kind of try and engage new fans by having a variety of stuff yeah it's a bold move Mm. but i mean i suppose if it's they're potentially their most successful thing they've done too yeah, from what I've read as well, I think it was quite a change of sound for them on that album from their initial uh, right. one. So okay. maybe that's so maybe more they're trying of to move away the direction from... that they're going, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, the lead singer in particular is just really energetic, very flamboyant, bouncing all over the place. I mean, the whole band were ba- literally bouncing yeah. while they were playing and stuff. But yeah, he was just very engaging, very, you know, like a proper front yeah. band is. Sound-wise, they actually reminded me quite a bit of Bad Flower. You know okay. how when you... When we've talked about bad flowers, well, yeah. you don't quite know how to pinpoint them or describe them as a yeah. genre. A bit like that. So like, a couple of songs were quite fast and a bit punky in the way that kind of Anna is for bad flower. Hmm. Then they got some slower tracks as well. All right, I'll have to give those and, a listen. Uh, I might like those. Yeah, I think you might like them. I'd, I'd definitely listen to them and definitely watch them again as well. But yeah, they were a great kind of second band up after the nightmares kind of built you up slowly and had quite a... A gentle warm up. It was kind was of full force after full that. Full force, yeah. The room was pretty full at that point, so it was, yeah. So, how busy was it when they were on? Was it kind of like heaving I would at say that the point? The floor or? was full. Yeah, the balcony was pretty much just front row round. Maybe a couple of people here and there littered behind, looking over. But the floor was definitely full. And okay. yeah, they did a half hour slot as well. Yeah, actually, one thing I was just going to mention before we get on to the kind of the creeper part and the build up to that between bands or before the nightmares came on you know obviously they play music mm-hmm. while you're waiting i think it was either three or four fallout boy track fallout boy tracks got played jesus <laughs> just like, is this just a coincidence or what was like oh yeah this is fallout boy again and you often get a mix of bands but i think there was i think a my chemical romance came on just before the night before before the nightmare before one band came on anyway and i got switched off but there were definitely some back-to-back fallout boy tracks going on Nobody needs that. Which brings me to my point of when 
say Faze had finished, we then got a voiceover announcement, a bit like a haunted house. You know when we saw in Shikari and they kind of had the kind of voiceover saying like 30 minutes to take off? Oh, yeah. That kind of to build Yeah, I remember that, yeah. It was a similar thing going on, but it's like a haunted house kind of voicing. You've got 30 minutes to make your escape and that kind of thing. And there was no actual music beforehand. It was just like a creepy background, like they used to get in the toilets at the Pit and Pendulum, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know the noise. So, yeah, rather than, in a similar way that ghosts have their kind of pre-build-up church music going on. Yeah, and then like 15 minutes in, it was like, you've got 15 minutes to make your escape, and then five minutes, and this is your last chance. And then Darcia, the vampire familiar, who is with Creeper at the moment for this phase, I guess. Yeah. Came on stage and did an introduction to the show and all of that for a few minutes, which I've filmed, so I'll have to show you that. Yeah. All part of the build-up and, you know, the whole theatrics, I guess. Small-scale theatrics on a small stage. And, yeah, then they opened and went straight into Further From Forever, the nine-minute track. All right, okay. opens the album. They started with that. Bold move. Bold move. I don't know if they did the full nine-minute version. It was definitely a long version. I don't know if some of the instrumental at the end was... It didn't feel like nine minutes, but then it doesn't when I'm listening to it, so... Yeah, I don't. I can't see him playing a nine-minute song. Not, not maybe, to open anyway. I'd, I'd say maybe it was seven because they yeah. did like the instrumental. I mean, the instrumental on the album track is probably about a minute and a half. So the band came on and played that, and then obviously Will made a grand appearance, looking like some kind of vampire Elvis. Right at that point. Okay, so they started with that track. Did they just play everything off the new album? No, it was mainly. I would say. Not 50-50, but probably a good chunk of the new album and a similar amount actually from the first full studio album, Eternity in Your Arms, and then a smattering of other tracks. Is the first album an anniversary album or not? No. What do you mean? Sorry. Oh, do you mean? Oh. Because no, why they played why they played oh, that much from there? Um, Is it, has it been out a certain period of time? 2016 it was out so it's yeah it's a nothing anniversary i mean the tracks on that have always been fan favorites whenever i've seen them they've always right. played a lot from that album and then they played i think it was two tracks from infinite void i'm being lazy not saying the full title and they played ghost brigade which was like the one-off single from i think it was last year nothing off american noir and then vcr which is off one of the very early eps yeah so they're probably trying to disassociate from the last album yeah, and I guess that might not fit in with the current storyline, I guess, perhaps. With the yeah, that's what I mean, this yeah. Album. yeah. Yeah, so they're just trying mm. to essentially consider that as a closed project because the other ones are that early mm. that everybody likes them, that it's easy. Yeah, and I think American Noir was kind of a little enclosed yeah. kind of thing. And obviously it was, was it done during lockdown or just after lockdowns, I think, around that time anyway, because I remember seeing some tracks off it at Download Pilot. And then... How long was the set? An hour and a half. So they're on at half eight, probably just before, actually, because things were running slightly ahead of schedule. Yeah, which is weird. I don't think I've ever seen anything at Rock City run ahead. No, I mean, because of the length of the show, I guess, I think they probably wanted to make sure they didn't get cut off or anything like that because yeah, that of like, how it ends it. and everything, I think. So as, a, yeah, as opposed to Killing Joke, they pretty much had to drag yeah. jazz off the stage. <laughs> yeah, they, they are very... Harsh on the cut-off army and kicking people yeah. out. Well, I mean, I, I like that they kind of knew that and prepared for it and then didn't get dead arsy because they got cut off. Well, yeah, definitely. I, 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 mean, I appreciate yeah. that they've actually gone, you know what, that's the cut-off time, we'll make sure we're done. Yeah, 
they probably turned up and got told there's no way you're going over yeah. by a minute, so make sure you're done. And I suppose if the room's ready to get people in and security are ready, then yeah, get people not? in, don't you? So. Was it a mix of tracks that you enjoyed then? Yeah, definitely. There are a couple of tracks on American Noir I would have liked to have seen, but I can live without it because I've seen them before. So Okay. That was fun. Yeah, it was a really good mix. Pretty much all my favourites, I would say. Happy with every track. That's good. Encore? Of course. How many songs? Just the one. That's unusual as well. Yeah. A band usually does three. Yeah, I think it, it fitted well, though, because they did Misery, which they used to finish with. Yeah. And that always has a massive sing-along every time. He gets to the middle bit, and then the crowd just takes over, and then... And Will just seems so shocked every time as well. <laughs> He's just... And what did they finish on? Um, Cry to Heaven, which is off the new album. Which is interesting, because not many bands always do that, do they? No, it's normally It's normally like favorite. a really classic, like yeah. Misery used to be, the ending, but... But it it worked well just to end the whole kind of the concept. Which is the then. one I think's okay. That's Cry to Heaven. Is that Cry to yeah. Heaven? Okay. Yeah, I can kind of get why they'd mm. finish on that from a new point of view. Yeah. It, it, do you know what I mean? You know, if it, like you mm. say, if it's a concept album, that is kind of like a good one to end on. Yeah, and it's gone down really well with fans anyway when they played. I think, they, did they play it download? I think they did, and I just missed it because I was watching Placebo. Okay. Mm. But yeah. The whole show was really just, it just shows how much Creeper have kind of grown and developed. So obviously I've been a fan since 20, either 15 or 16, since they got added to the Leeds lineup for 2016. So I first oh, saw yeah. them in the pit tent at Leeds. Yeah, I'd forgot about that. And so just to see them, I feel like I've seen them at pretty much every stage and kind of grown. But this is, although I've seen them five times before, this is the first time I've seen them at their own show. I've only ever seen them at festivals, festivals before. So it's great to see like a full hour and a half of them because I think the most I've seen before would be an hour. Mm. And in terms of other highlights as well, I would say definitely crickets where Hannah gets to do a little, I was going to say a solo, but obviously it's Ian's on the acoustic guitar for that one. That's always a great sing-along as well. Mm. And I've not seen that for a couple of shows. I remember doing it in the wedding dress at Download Pilot. So it's great to see that one again live. And they also played the start of I Choose to Live, which I've not seen them play live since download 2017. Oh, so you thought you were in for a treat and then they just Well, no, because I did everyone. have a sneaky look at the set list before, so I knew they were only going to do part of it. Okay. And has is, is the set list been pretty much the same for every show? Yeah, so it's only a five-day tour anyway. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it just makes sense to do those. Mm. But yeah, and again, I just love... Well, the, it wasn't massively theatrical in terms of the stage, you know, like Avatar were, for example. Yeah. But I think just like the makeup that they'd all got on and they'd all got the matching jackets on like they used to back in the day. How many times have I said back in the day this episode? <laughs> yeah, that just kind of added to the whole setup. really. There was a lot of, uh, what's the smoky pyro that's not pyro? Like the steam, the you know what I mean? <laughs> Which added to the atmosphere. There was a confetti cannon right at the end, actually, for Cry to Heaven. So I did think there might be a bit of proper pyro, maybe, but... Yeah, it's a bit weird, that one, that not every... Like, Rock City can do it, but not everybody does yeah, it. Yeah, but then again, maybe it wouldn't fit in. Maybe the smoke just kind of had the that whole kind of the vampire... That sounds like it would suit better. ...thing, really. There was a moment, actually, when... Obviously, because Will gets turned into a vampire as the show goes on, and then he actually gives someone a vampire bite on stage Jesus it's actually his Christ. girlfriend comes on stage and then he ends up kind of covered in blood for the rest of the show <laughs> so you know there's definitely hints of 
Alice Cooper coming in there into the gonna, stage. Do you know what? I was just going to say, it sounds like fucking Alice Cooper for yeah. kids. Yeah, I think it would have been really cool. I know we've said this before, but if we'd have seen them supporting Alice Cooper, that would have been really good. Was it last year? I don't I think. know. Yeah, we, the dates just didn't work for us on that. There was also a drum solo about two thirds of the way through. Obviously, the rest of the band went off for a, a break or to tidy up the makeup or whatever. So it kind of started out with a bit of a drum battle with Jake and Hannah and then Hannah went off and then Jake did like a drum solo. Yeah. Which was really cool. So we always love a drum solo, don't we? I always feel sorry for the drummer though because they never get to go never get have a little rest. rest. Either, yeah. <laughs> go on, show your wares. Well, they all sat down all day. I know, that's true, yeah. Fair enough. Um, in terms of crowd, though, it was, I would say, pretty full downstairs. Balcony was obviously full around the edge. There was a few people loitering behind me at some point. Mm. At one point, some noisy people turned up, and even though I got my loops and I could hear them, so that was annoying, but they disappeared. Um, there was occasional pits going off, quite a few circle pits going I'm off. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, for the faster they, tracks. They don't, strike, they don't strike me as a band yeah. circle pits. Faster tracks, though, definitely. Yeah. I think, was it Chapel Gates? Possibly. I'm not sure. There was one of the faster tracks in particular that Will demanded it anyway. and But other ones just broke out naturally. A lot of crowd surfers as well. So at that point, I was kind of glad that I didn't get on the barrier at the front because yeah. they was quite relentless at one point. I imagine them being a band that gets crowd surfers. Mm. And you could see the same people that kept going as well. It's like, Give it a stop rest. it. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, the show ended with a blood rave. Have you ever been to a gig with a blood rave? Probably not. But... I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, after Cry to Heaven, Darcy came back on. She'd got a severed head with blood spurting out and squirting everyone who was at the front of the crowd with blood. And there was other, there was literal kind of rave music going off. I couldn't tell you what it was. But yeah, it was like <laughs> flashing red lights and the band had all got glasses of... What could be blood? What could be wine? I don't know. And it was, yeah, just a little fun bit at the end, which I'll, okay. I'll show you some footage of that as well. But yeah, overall, it was just, yeah, really good gig. <laughs> what were the merch designs like? Oh, the merch designs. Um, the one I've got is the tour shirt, which has kind of got the vampire imagery of the band and it's kind of got greeny background. And then it's just got the tour dates on the back. Yeah. Other merch that they got, um, I can't remember it very well because like the way the merch queue goes... You couldn't kind of stand and watch, if you know what I mean. You kind yeah. of queue down the side, so you're like you're front and you've just got to say what you want. But they'd got a T-shirt with Darcy on. they got a Bloodless Baby T-shirt. I think there might have been one other one. And they got a hoodie. They did have some long sleeve T-shirts on their Instagram before the tour started, but they didn't seem to have those, so I don't know if they must have sold out. And then they got back patches, vinyls and badges. And then they did have a really cool poster of the kind of the tour design, like the whole sacred blasphemy imagery. But that was £15. Pound. I thought that was a lot for a T-shirt. Not for a T-shirt, for a poster. Yeah, that is a lot for a poster. I've been... never paid that for a poster. If it was 10 I probably would have got it. But yeah, T-shirts were £30, pound, which is your average these days, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it's started to creep to that now, hasn't it? And hoodies were 50 so... Again, yeah, they've started going up. We've seen them more expensive. Yeah. I think that is. I think thirty is about right for a tour T-shirt, probably. I think it. Yeah, days. I think it depends on who the band is and where the venue is. Like, if it was thirty at the Bodega, you wouldn't for a band that had played the Bodega. You know what I mean? It's all. Yeah. It's all kind of relative to who the band are, the size of the venue they're playing. That's true, and I mean, I really wanted a 
t-shirt for that show but i think in general i'm not always gonna get t-shirts now i'm thinking of other merch just because i'm running out of room to store my t-shirts tell me about it and yeah but if they've got like maybe a poster or a vinyl maybe something different so you're still supporting the band from the merch perspective but i've not got to find room to store it in a, a drawer i can put it on a shelf or a wall yeah we highly recommend going to see creeper yeah i mean i always would have done anyway but yeah but I just can't believe it's But you know taken. what I mean, for the, you know, for this mm. particular show. Yeah, I mean, by the time this goes out, the tour will be done. So. It will, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be doing more at some point. But I just can't believe it's taken me this long to actually see them at their own show. Somehow, it's just never... Obviously, we had they had a year out anyway where the band were kind of not even sure if they were going to continue around 2017-18. And then by the time they then got the next album done and stuff, I guess there was the whole... The energy was... Wasn't there? Yeah. And all of that, which put everyone off touring. And then... So I think since then, I don't think they've... Have they done a Nottingham date? If they have, they, there must have been a reason I didn't go. Yeah. So, but I've done it now, and hopefully will again at some point in the near future. Well, that was episode 101. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter, or X, whatever the hell you want to call it, Instagram and threads at Ready to Mosh Cast. And we're also on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Ready to Mosh. Make sure you give us a listen a listen no make sure you give us a like share follow give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening on maybe write a nice review it all really helps and we'll be back soon with another episode make it mosh me